believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. Jesus is alive. He is risen. Would you guys stand for the reading of God's word? This is Mark 16, 1 through 6. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be afraid, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Let's stay standing for a prayer. Lord, would you make the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts pleasing in your sight. Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. And we praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You may be seated. He is risen. He has risen. He has risen. He has risen. Well, let no one fear death, for our Savior's death has set us free. I have three points in this sermon. The first point is that let no one fear death, for the Savior's death has set us free. It is just like we already know the end of the story. We know who wins in the end. It's like when you watch a game that has been taped and you know that your team has already won. You don't, you don't go through the highs and the lows. You know who has already won and that even in death, Jesus has conquered it, and we will rise again. Let me tell you a quick story. So back in 2006, January 14th, uh, the Broncos were playing a, a, a playoff game. They were playing the Patriots, and my friend Evan, who is the, one of the biggest Bronco fans I knew, uh, couldn't go to the game, couldn't be at the game, couldn't watch the game because we were on, he was a fellow pastor, uh, we were both on this leadership retreat, and we were leading college kids in the ways of the Lord and teaching them about God and teaching them how to be better leaders. And so during the time the game was played, we were having a meeting, and then we all went sledding together. So somehow, even in 2006, someone 
maybe by miracle, found a working VHS player and a working tape, and he, they taped the game for Evan, and Evan was going to watch it later. But during the game, everyone was texting, and everyone knew that the Broncos had won. Any Broncos fans in here? All right. So this was the game, if you remember, years and years ago, uh, where uh, Tom Brady threw a pass into the end zone for the Patriots to catch it, and instead Champ Bailey jumps up, intercepts it, and runs 100 yards back to the uh, Broncos' end zone. It changes the game. It was an awesome game. The Broncos end up winning. And so everyone's texting each other, and they find out that the Broncos had won, and they're teasing poor Evan. They're saying, well, you know, maybe the Super Bowl next year, Evan, and, and this and that. And Evan was like, well, what are you, why are you guys teasing me? so much. This is horrible. This is brutal. I don't know what happened. Everyone at the camp, there was probably 50 people, knew exactly that the Broncos had won. And so that night, Evan takes his tape, puts it in the VHS player, and starts watching this game. And people sit around. Everyone knows that the Broncos won, except for Evan. Everyone's sitting around watching Evan watch the game. And it was so fun and so unusual to be experiencing this. But it's like in heaven, the angels and the saints and all the heavenly beings and God himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit sitting on the throne, they all know, we know as believers, that the game has already been won. Christ has died and Christ has risen. And when we die, even in death, Christ will take us with him. Of course, death is inevitable. Given enough time, the mortality rate is 100%. And we can stay away from smoking and we can stay away from reckless driving or texting and driving. We can stay away from all these different things to live a little bit longer. But in the end, we will die. But what if this life that we're living right now, what if this life is but the first stroke of the first letter of the first word of an endless novel? What if the, there's a timeline? So imagine this is a timeline. Uh, I have a climbing rope in here. Uh, this is my, I, I bought the really, really long climbing rope that it comes with a bag. And so yeah, I wanted to, to do uh, lots of rock climbing. I did a little bit of rock climbing. It's harder with four little boys, but um, imagine this timeline. So it's, it's, it's a really long rope. For the purposes of this analogy, it's endless. And this little part here, like this is our life, this little black nub that they put on to keep the, the end of the rope from fraying. This is our life. And so we, we, we wonder, you know, like what's going to happen tomorrow? We're so worried about like, what are we going to wear tomorrow? And what, what are we going to do tomorrow? And people look at us as Christians, like, why do you spend so much time in prayer or at church? And aren't you crazy? Shouldn't you be like uh, preparing for this part of your life? And, and we would say, are, are you crazy? Are you silly? We're preparing for, for eternity that, that we get to live. And it's, it's even at this moment here that this in death, Christ has come, Christ has died, and he has risen again, and, and he will take us with us in our lives. Even this life now is, is but the first stroke of the first letter of the first word of an endless novel that, that we have. And so let me read for you. This is a, a, a reread of what we just read. This is verse 6. When the women come to the tomb, they're expecting to find a dead body. And they're, they're, they come with spices, the, the Bible says. And they go to the tomb. And they're, they're even asking amongst themselves, who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? For it's, for it's very large. And they get there, and the tomb is open. And Jesus is not there. And an angel says, do not be alarmed. Don't be afraid. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene. He was crucified. He's, he's risen. He's not here. But see the place where they laid him. It's an empty tomb. 
Go tell the disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you to Galilee, and there you will see him just as he told you. Today is a day to celebrate. Let me read for you the first lines of one of my favorite uh, sermons. This is from the 300s from John Chrysostom. It says this. It says, are there any who are devout lovers of God? Anybody? A devout lover of God? Let them enjoy this bright, beautiful festival. Are there any grateful servants? Anyone who's been serving the Lord? Let them today, this, this Resurrection Sunday, let them enjoy and enter into the joy of the Lord. And are there any who are weary with fasting, for suffering for the Lord, are doing things that, that are just for the Lord? Let them now, on this day, Resurrection, enjoy and receive the wages that they have earned. See, there's a long and kind of complicated history of the traditions we now do uh, around Easter time. The Easter bunny has unfortunately gained kind of the center stage instead of Jesus. It's just kind of what we do as marketing and capitalism in America. But the Easter egg has a unique history. And for Christians, uh, the time before Easter is usually a time that Christians give up things for, for Lent or for 40 days uh, preceding Easter. Um, they're usually things that people give up so that on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, they can feast and have this wonderful time of celebrating. So I kind of always chuckle to myself. I hear about people giving up, like complaining for Lent. And if you did that, that's not just good, that's great. And if it has led you, if you've done that, that's great. But I just imagine someone that has given up complaining for 40 days, waiting for resurrection morning. It's like, oh, great. Look at this. I hate everything. I hate your shoes. I hate you. I hate everybody. I hate the morning. I hate my bed. I hate this and that. But instead, Christians, for whatever it's worth, traditionally speaking, for, for, for many years of Christian church history would, would give up certain foods. They would go vegan or vegetarian. And so if you were in the ancient world, you would probably be more uh, agrarian and have a house with a bunch of chickens. And your chickens would be laying more and more eggs. And so for 40 days, you'd have eggs stacked up and you'd just be like, man, I really want some scrambled eggs right now, but I'm fasting for the Lord and waiting for this day of resurrection. So you'd have all these eggs. And so somewhat the history of the Easter egg is that Christians would have all these eggs and color them and hide them in, in making more and more celebrations for this great day that we have this wonderful feast. So even though I'm saying like today is a day for celebrating, usually for pastors or people that work at churches, Easter is one of the more stressful days. We have all these people joining us, and sometimes there's a lot of visitors joining us, and we could get really stressed and say to the band, like, guys, don't mess up. Make sure every pitch is right on. I could tell Jeff, like, Jeff, make sure you tell your best skunk story, and we could, we could just stress out about, we got, we got a, all these people are going to come, and if we entertain them well enough, and if we wrap God in a, in, a, in a bow and in a ribbon, and we make God all wonderful, then maybe these people will come back next week, and, and and in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to stress out about that. All this week, I've been thinking what we should be doing as Christians and believers in the resurrected Lord is worshiping him first and foremost. I, I, we just had a meeting downstairs with some of our leaders that, that come early to prepare this place for worship. And I told them, I didn't tell them, like, make sure everything's perfect. Make sure you smile. Make sure you're entertaining. I said, Let's be the ones who first and foremost bring a holy praise before God. That, that New Life, one of our sayings is that we worship, connect, and serve. And so let us worship the Lord first and foremost. Let's bring before him a holy, pleasing offering of our own lives. And so if the people who are visiting, they see that, 
we have, we have, it's been a successful morning. If they see us telling stories of what God has done and resurrection in our own life, then this morning will be, have been a wonderful success for at least us in the minds of anyone who is visiting. The third and uh, final point of this sermon is that the resurrection is not just a story from long ago, but it is good news for now. The resurrection is not just a story from long ago, but good news for now. And that what Jesus did to the grave, his grave, he will do with ours. Even at our own death, there will be life if you believe in him. John 11.25 says this. Jesus is talking to Martha. We looked at this passage a couple weeks ago during our I Am series. And Jesus says very clearly that he says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. So it's a mystery of what he's saying here. The one who believes in me <clears throat> will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And he asks, do you believe this? And so here's a big question. Like, if you do this, if you believe, you will live. And even though you die, you will live forever because there is life because Christ was raised from the dead and that is the proof of resurrection. The proof of what he said in these words is that he himself rose from the dead and he will bring us with him. But what if you don't? What if There's kind of an if statement. The, the one who believes will live, but, but what if you don't? And I sometimes wonder what if, if someone decides, you know, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to do this life on my own and, and do death to, on my own. I wonder if that's if that's what happens. But why would you? Why would anyone, um, why, for, for heaven's sake, why would you not want a guide in this life? Why would you not want a guide into death? Why would you not want a shepherd through this life and, and a shepherd into death? Why would you not want someone who has actually literally been there and done that and, and conquered the grave? I, I, I know personally people who have died for a little bit of time. Uh, our, what David Martin, Sarah's husband, like he had this surgery and he actually died for a little bit of time and he was resuscitated back to life. But Jesus, he died for three days. On Friday, he died. And we celebrated that on Good Friday, or we remembered that on Good Friday, our Lord's death. And there was Saturday. And then on Sunday morning, he rose from the dead. He was truly dead and rose. And so why wouldn't you want someone who has gone before you in life and in death? Why wouldn't you want to follow Jesus? who died for, for us, he says things like he is the resurrection and the life. And if you believe that, that, then there's actually no death. Even though you die, there will be life in believing upon this. Let me close by reading that same sermon that I, I started uh, the beginning of it. This is the ending of it. And it's about Christ who has destroyed death, that in the grave when he rose from the dead, he conquered death. And so the sermon says, it's quoting from Corinthians. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? Christ is risen and death is overthrown. Christ is risen and the demons flee. Christ is risen and angels rejoice. Christ is risen and life reigns. Christ is risen and not one dead remains in the grave. For Christ being risen from the dead is become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. To him be the glory and dominion into ages and ages. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer?
God, we want you to shepherd us and to guide us in this life that we are living. You are the one who said bold, bold, bold statements that you were the resurrection and the life and that you are, you you identified as the great and wonderful God of the Old Testament, Yahweh himself. And to anyone who was skeptical, Lord, when you died and were in the grave for three days on Sunday morning, you rose from the dead and the tomb was empty and now there's celebration. You have risen from the dead and, and you won't leave anyone dead in the grave, Lord. You will bring them all. You will bring us all into resurrection. And Lord, there will be judgment and, and Lord, we will stand before you and, and Lord, may, us, may all of us proclaim your goodness and your glory that you are the resurrected God who lives and reigns in unity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you stand with me? We're going to quote together, say together this prayer. It's a prayer of confession. Would you say it with me? Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought and word and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we might delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen.